All right, everybody, welcome back to T's and TD's. I am David Kaplan. Thank you so much for joining. We have Jack Hirsch here. He is going to join us here in a minute. He's got some good insights. He's he's played Pebble. Uh, he's played Pebble in a format similar to a Pro-Am, so that'll be important to talk about um, here in a second. And uh, we'll get to that tournament here in just a minute. Just want to recap. Uh, we I gave out eight names last week. Uh, overall, we had a pretty good week. I gave you Zalatoris, who finished second. Sung Jay finished tied for sixth. Ryan Palmer finished tied for 16th. Hideki finished tied for 30th. Brant Snedeker, Sam Burns, Tony Finau all missed the cut. Snedeker is a name I'm going to like for this weekend. And Xander, the hometown guy who I went uh, with, uh, finished 34th. So the South Course certainly presented some challenges uh, to some guys. And uh, we'll talk more about that, given that uh, this is, God willing, the last tournament that we will see on a uh, three-course rotation uh, coming up this week uh, with them playing Pebble Beach twice. Uh, and that is obviously the most uh, famous of these courses. It, it hosted a U.S. Open a couple of years ago. Uh, Gary Woodland famously outdueled Brooks Kepka and held on for the win. And uh, yeah, we're here for it. So uh, that was how we did last week. We'll give a couple of names this week. But first, I want to bring on uh, Jack Hirsch. Jack is a uh, jack of all trades uh, for a station out in Oregon. And I know he's a big golf guy. Jack, Welcome to T's and TD's. How you doing, man? Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Good, good, good. Well, let's uh, let's get straight into it. Um, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Pebble Beach and, and the AT&T coming up, um, but let's talk about last week. Uh, I guess, first of all, uh, just kind of your some of your gut reactions. Uh, some of the big kind of storylines we got were Wednesday through Saturday and what that was like. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the golfers themselves. But first of all, what did you think of the, uh, the TV schedule itself? There's been some chatter about whether or not they might do this uh, in the fall to, to not compete with the NFL. I'm just kind of curious. Uh, it was well, weird I, for me. I think that's a really, I think th that event is going to be interesting to see if it stays. I think that's what they're talking. They're saying it's going to do, um, especially with such an event, uh, an event that's had such a strong history and, and, you know, is the first, uh, I, I don't think it was the first national TV event of the calendar year, but it was certainly the first one on CBS. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, you know, the American Express had a real ch ratings challenge going up against the uh, the NFL divisional round. I, you know, honestly, I tuned into a little bit of the LPGA uh, on Sunday as well, uh, which was cool. It was cool to see Lydia Co finish up um, in in Boca Raton. So it was a good golf weekend. I think logistically, you know, if they're, they're talking about doing this in the fall for some of those off season uh, or early season on the wraparound. Um, Maybe that makes sense. I don't know dollar. I don't know enough about the industry dollars wise to to know if they feel like going up against college football will be good. I'm I'm sure the the SEC game on Saturday takes a little bit more precedent than than what would be a final round. But logistically, emotionally, it was it was interesting to get used to that and uh, and watching the first three rounds on Wednesday through Friday, and then having the championship on uh, the final round it was different, and I, I kind of enjoyed it. Luke List gets his first career win. Uh, it was a playoff against Will Zalatoris. Pebble Beach did, uh, excuse me, Torrey Pines did Torrey Pines things. John Rahm was knocking on the door. Justin Rose played really well. Just kind of curious uh, uh, emotionally what you made of, of, of Luke List's win, what you made of Zalatoris's putting. Oh, emotionally. Uh, kind of cur curious how, how, how you processed all that emotionally for somebody who bet on Zalatoris standing on the ninth tee. So at uh, plus 200 there. So um, 
you know, I should have, I think it was a putt on 13 that he made where you could see there was a little hesitation in his backstroke on the, on the putt. And I think I, I, and he hit a fantastic shot on 18th hole in regulation. And that was just a beautiful, you know, sawed off little pitching wedge or gap wedge, I think right below the cup. Um, and he put it exactly where he needed it to be. And I think he had a couple putts there where, you know, and he's got this strange, you know, the, modified the, arm lock thing. The arm lock claw. Yeah. The arm lock claw, whatever you want to call it. And, I, you know, he's a guy who, you know, can ball strike with the best of them. And, you know, he, when these guys figure out how to putt, you know, that's when they win. And, you know, he's a young guy. He'll probably win this year. Um, he'll probably win a lot in the future. Um, but, you know, he's got to figure it out on the greens. Uh, and, you know, it's what's what, it's what holds back so many players. I mean, there's so many guys that, you know, I've played with in, in amateur golf who, you know, you know, you play with them and you see and you, and you think that, you know, watching them hit the ball that these guys, why aren't they on tour? They can't make any putts. Yeah. I, know, so Zalator is, is kind of like that at this point, but you know, Adam Scott was like that too for a long time. Um, I, I could. Luke if, List I, has been I, like that. Luke List has been Luke a guy who can't, like can't even putt and, and he just did enough to, uh, to be able to get that win, which was cool and cool to see him with his family. Yeah. The thing about Zalatoris and, and I liked him last week because uh, he played pretty well at the American express. It, it was a putting contest, but his, he was putting the ball incredibly close every time he didn't need to hit long putts, but my only thing with him, and I love watching him play just cause he's so I've never been that skinny in my life. And he's so thin and wiry hits the ball uh, a mile. His like approach numbers from 175 and greater are, are ridiculous. Um, so it's really cool to watch him. It's, it's, it's just the, that the, I, and this is coming from a guy who's a Tony Finau fan who's seen Finau switch grips. It feels like 30 times. It, it, it's a matter of just finding something that you are comfortable with and that you look comfortable with. And I think that putt that you're talking about, I, I think he even hit it off the toe of the putt of the face of the putter. If it's the one I'm thinking of. So um, I'd love to see him just get more consistency and confidence uh, more than anything. And look, I'm sure he's a confident dude. I mean, you don't, you don't, you know, have to swing the club the way he does and generate the kind of power he does in order uh, to, to not feel comfortable when you're, when you're walking around. And he's certainly uh, had incredible performances in stacked fields and played well in majors, you know, finishes second at the masters on his first uh, try. So there's certainly a, a world where, where he's got it in there. I just, uh, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to trust that he can, he can win a strong field tournament uh, on a, on a difficult course, uh, without the ability to, to consistently roll the rocks. So, uh, I'm pulling for the guy. I really am, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, coming out of that. Um, Justin Rose making a little bit of a, a return, a former, uh, stud, um, I'm curious, you know, he, he puts that ball in the water. Uh, it looks like it was the right club and he was trying to be properly aggressive. Uh, I don't know, just any thoughts on, on seeing some of those guys come down 18 like him and, and just kind of how they, how they managed uh, coming down the stretch there. And then we'll, we'll talk about Pebble beach. Well, there's an, there's another guy you've mentioned who, who, who is, is a great ball striker and, you know, figures it out when he's, when he, uh, putts, I think he, you know, he found something with the axis putter that he, 
he started playing with when he left TaylorMade. Um, but, you know, there's – what was he? Was he one or two strokes back at that point? I'm trying to remember. He was, was he at, at – he was at 14. He was at 14. The theory is – Go the theory is, is that he thought he needed to probably get to 16 and uh, he either just missed it or didn't want to sail it long and have to come back down the hill uh, was, was sort of the theory that I've heard. I mean, those guys, you know, they're standing there one shot back and with a guy in the clubhouse at 15, you want to get to 16 because, you know, you can't, a guy who hits it like Zalatoris, you can't assume if, if you know that he's at 15, you can't assume that he's not going to birdie 18. Mm-hmm. So you got it. You, you got to take that shot. So I have no yeah. problems with what he did. Um, and you know, that's just the reality of that golf hole. You know, it's not one that we see often actually guys uh, take it into the water. It's pretty interesting that, he, I think he was between clubs. He was between a three wood and a five wood. Yeah. And, you know, I'm surprised he didn't just, you know, play for it to be long. And, you know, you know, the pin location feeds right down to it. You're chipping back into toward the water, but these guys are pros. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're not thinking about as they're not thinking about the water as much as you or I are. They're thinking about hole in that kind of shot. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, we'd move on, but I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about, uh, Jason day either, you know, uh, uh, it's that, Oh man, that shot. I was, I was so excited when he hit that. Uh, and, and that was a blast and he just dunked it and, uh, he didn't dunk it, but he, he, it was a beautiful shot, uh, to get him in striking distance and a share of the lead at the time. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk that a lot of quotes from him that he he thinks he's swinging in a way where he won't be hurt. Uh, it, it's fun when he's good, and uh, uh, I, I'm kind of hoping that that this is legit. But we'll have to wait and see on him. So yeah, for sure. And he didn't dunk it on 18, but he did dunk it on uh, on 14. Yeah, I was talking about 14. Yeah, to get to get him back. So that was a heck of a shot. And uh, yeah, all right. Awesome. The the drama that that gave us just makes me so excited for the season writ large when we have strong field tournaments at, at some of these courses coming up. So um, talking about the AT&T, uh, this is a pro-am. It is going to be split between three courses, uh, as we talked about, uh, on the, in Monterey, California, uh, it, on one hand, it does make it a little bit tougher to handicap. On the other hand, we have some really strong course history guys, uh, that have played well at pebble. Um, a couple of, of major themes and motifs with, with each of these three courses is that they're relatively short and they have relatively small greens. Uh, pebble famously has the smallest greens, on the PGA tour. So, and uh, you have no idea how <laughs> small these greens are. Well, walk me through it. I mean, I, uh, you know, we, we, we think a lot about the famous, uh, hourglass green on, on 17 or 16, uh, the, the par three, uh, and it feels big, but, um, just walk me through what it's like to kind of play that course. You have some sort of dramatic uh, ravines uh, that you have to hit over and some, the, the wind is certainly uh, typically a factor. So yeah, just give me like the, the two or three minute version of, of your experience at Pebble beach. Uh, the first time I realized how small these greens were, was, I believe number four, number four's green is literally the size of a dime. Uh, there is and you're only hitting a wedge into the screen. Um, and, and you just don't know where to hit it. It's, it's incredible. Um, 
and that being said, small greens typically means small fairways too. And um, I am somebody who's very, I really struggled that week, actually. I, it was the first time I had, it's the first time I'd ever been to California. It was the first time I had um, really ever dealt with trying to compete on a time change. Um, not to mention I had like just come, you know, I literally left that week. It's they, that was the first year they actually moved the tournament to September, which it still is in September, I believe, and is idiotic for a tournament with high school kids in it. Um, didn't make any sense. So I'm coming straight from high school, high school golf matches, going right back to high school golf matches. Um, and, uh, but, uh, I was really struggling with the time change and, uh, really struggled to, it's distracting. You think about, um, I believe I put it, you know, I'm pretty sure I pumped, pumped a couple onto the beach, uh, around (laughs) 10 and nine. Um, it's really hard to stand there and not think about the Pacific ocean. I pumped one into the water on 18 and I teed up another one, you know, just cause I want to play the 18th hole at Pebble beach pumped another one on the golf course. I look around, my partner is a world golf hall of fame member, Sandy Lyle. He's already ahead of me. So I'm like, I guess this is just, I'm just going to be walking it in here. Um, so yeah, I only got to walk the 18th hole at Pebble beach and never got to actually play it in the tournament. Well, tell me that week. What, what was it like? I, Masters champion, uh, Sandy Lyle as well. What, uh, what was the dynamic of that? And we have to ask this question because, um, you know, when you think about this tournament, look, you and I are, uh, we are, we are people in television. Uh, I, I say this not to be disparaging because I was an intern once and I asked a million questions of the professional that I was working with and knew that when I was working with somebody, they, I, I was probably annoying them, uh, but I really wanted all the soak up all the information in the moment as much as possible. Uh, so I'm kind of curious, we're going to have that dynamic where professionals are competing uh, to try and win this golf tournament. And yet they're going to have uh, guys like Josh Allen, a uh, wonderful quarterback for the Buffalo bills and uh, Alfonso Riviera and Larry Fitzgerald. These guys are going to be kind of walking with them uh, as well. So uh, yeah, give me, give me like, what, what's your reaction and what was the dynamic like playing with a professional who was, who was trying to, you know, actually play well. It was, but it, you know, he's, you know, it wasn't just me, you know, I wasn't the only amateur in the group. That tournament also has two other, you know, it was the pro, the junior, and then the amateurs, you know, the juniors had to play at scratch. Um, so, um, you know, he, you know, he wasn't just getting questions from me, but he was getting questions from, you know, we were just, you know, we would all walk as a big group. And, um, but, you know, when the time came, you had to know, and, you know, I've known this cause you know, I competed and, uh, actually, we did have one um, amateur partner on one of the days who was uh, a pretty good player as well. Um, you know, you know, you know, when the time is right. And, you know, I regret to say that, um, you know, on the seventh hole, um, I probably took, you know, we were on the seventh hole of the second day. We were out of it at that point. We were it was my it was our um uh, we started on 10, like I said, at Pebble. So we're on the seventh hole. We're almost done. You know, I'm out of it. I wasn't playing well. I think through the whole tournament, I only contributed on one hole. I only had one, but I, I just, I didn't make any birdies in the two days. It was a really rough day for me. I was, 
I'm a, I'm a draw player and I was hitting a cut and it just was not, it was very difficult. I haven't made many birdies in two years, so it's all good. So two days is fine. Yeah. (laughs) Um, uh, I actually think the only birdie I made that week was on my first hole of my first practice round. But, Mm um, um, we, uh, and so I regret to say though, on the seventh hole at Pebble beach, I probably took a little bit too long for a par putt that was not even close to meaningful and, uh, you know, got him a little bit out of his rhythm. And he said something to me afterward. Oh. Um, yeah, but you know, other than that, you know, he couldn't have been nicer and, you know, he, you know, did all the stuff, took all the pictures, you know, signed, uh, I got, you know, got the, I should have brought the flag down to sit behind me uh, here, um, signed by him. And, um, yeah, it was an, and in fact, actually his caddy and I, you know, cause you know, I was a caddy in high school through college and whatnot. And I love caddying. I even thought about doing, trying, I dabbled in maybe doing it professionally for a little bit, but, uh, wasn't really realistic about it, but, uh, you know, I, you know, became friends with him and actually, uh, we, they, they came to play the senior players at my club in Philadelphia. And, uh, we actually put his caddy up at a friend of ours house <laughs> butch wilhelm he's a guy from pittsburgh so um but uh he yeah it was it was a really great time uh to play that but uh the thing with the pro-ams though and that i wanted to get to is that six hour rounds it's just brutal different just absolute that's probably the hardest thing for the pros i would guess yeah not it's not, it's not the, you know, answering questions because they, they're used to playing in pro-ams on, on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the length, mm-hmm. you know, yes, tour players are slow. This is aggressively slow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just something to keep in mind. I always feel like having a more seasoned guy or somebody who's more convenient, uh, comfortable with, with the venue and who knows, maybe that's why, uh, we, they generally refer to the, the stickiness of course history where guys who typically play well at, at these types of courses and these types of events, uh, might, might be more comfortable in these venues. So with that, so here's what we'll do. I kind of have uh, sort of an idea of the types of sort of profile of a golfer that uh, I think, and I typed these into uh, a, a Rick Gaiman model and it spit out a couple names that I, that I think I really like. So here's, here's essentially what I did. And as somebody who's played the course, I'll be interested to get your, your sort of take on, on this. Basically uh, the, the overwhelming theory is, is that for the professionals, the, the, off the tee game doesn't necessarily matter. These guys can all uh, pump it relatively far. Uh, 7,000 yard courses are relatively short for these guys. And so, um, you know, just getting it out there. And, and as long as you, you don't, you know, go crazy bad off the tee, uh, that, that off the tee is, is sort of negligible in this, what this really is and boils down to is, is a second shot and around the green type of golf course. So we're talking about, uh, guys that, that typically are, are strong approach players, uh, which is a lot of people, but some stronger than others, um, a, a good ability to scramble when you miss and get up and down, but, but having a very high greens and regulation percentage. And then of course, being able to, to roll the rock, uh, with, with smaller greens. Um, you know, if, if tour average is an eight foot putt, uh, you just want a guy who can 
roll those putts uh, that are, you know, in that eight to 12 foot range. So uh, that's the type of model that I put in. I'm curious if you, if you can see that, or if there's anything that you would, you would have added or changed as I, as I put the weights in. No, you bring up a good point that, you know, it's a short golf course. So there's, you know, uh, guys, you know, drivers taken out of their hands on one, three, four, uh, six, even for some of them, eight, that's five on the front nine right there. Um, uh, 11, they'll hit driver 13, they'll hit driver, um, 14. Some of them don't hit driver, uh, 18. You remember tiger woods, uh, in 2010 went three wood, three wood on that green. Uh, it's a little different in the pro-am a little different conditions, but you know, a lot of these holes, they don't hit drivers. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, at the same time though, you do need to be in the fairway, but mm -hmm. I think, you know, hitting irons and three woods off the tee, you see more fairways. These are smaller fairways though. Yep. Yeah, but you have so, to be in the fairways because these greens are so small. Tiny, you want to be able to control the ball for sure. So, mm -hmm. but uh, if you hit if you hit the green, you've got a makeable putt. Yeah, yeah. Except on fourteen, and we can get to that later if you want. Yeah. But. Well, all right. So here we go. So uh, I I'm trying to uh, sort of narrow down the names here. I I have uh, there there have been sort of some consensus names that have that have popped up amongst the the experts, and and they all make sense. And I think I'm going to be uh, uh, putting a, a little dabble on, on them. Uh, Cameron Tringali is a guy who, uh, played really well last week. Uh, I, I was interested, um, Tringali last year played pretty well at Tory, And then the next week he finished tied for seventh at pebble. So he has this ability to play well at both of these courses and play well back to back. He's a guy who is not incredible off the tee incredible iron game at this point, relatively good putter and relative to this field, he is, is, is in the upper echelon of, of birdie or better percentage, which tells me, uh, that he's playing well right now. He has history at this course and at 21 to one, he's a guy that I, that I really like before, you know, it's interesting. You bring up, um, uh, playing well at, at farmers and playing well at pebble, um, and there's a good reason for that, that a lot of the guys play well on the, who, that a lot of the guys who play well at one California swing tournament play well at the others and it's Poana greens. Yeah. The Poana is definitely guys that like Poe, like Poe. Yeah. You know, we've got Poe here in Oregon and I love Poe. Yeah. You know, I put it, I put it, uh, we had Poe at our club in Philadelphia in 2014, you know, good Poe is amazing mm -hmm. if you're someone like me. Yeah. But other people hate it. So, yeah. Um, uh, another guy with, with very, 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 uh, brief yet very sticky course history is Maverick McNeely finish, uh, finished second last year, uh, famously to, to Daniel Berger. Uh, the thing that everybody loves about Matt McNeely, and it's hard not to love, he is from this area. He lives and breathes this course. He knows it incredibly well. Uh, he uh, is is relatively flat on on other courses as it relates to, uh, or he's relatively flat in the last 
20 rounds is what I put in, um, approaching and around the green. Um, but yeah, he, he finished tied for fifth in 2020. He finished tied second last year. This is home. And, uh, for all intents and purposes, he's a guy who is a popular name and, and there's pretty good reason why relatively good putter finished pretty strong, uh, last week and played decently last week as well. So in good form as well. And this is his time of year. Yeah, uh, two top fives in the two cuts he's made. He did miss one cut uh, at this event. But yeah, I mean, two top fives, home hometown guy. He's top 20 in the FedEx Cup already this year. Yeah. Uh, so he's a 21 to one. Another guy that we brought up already in this podcast, Justin Rose. I think you look at what he did with his irons last week and you have to think that he found something and, uh, you know, save for, for an error on 18. I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, fault the guy for losing the tournament right there. He was in that position for a reason. Uh, he finished, uh, tied for third, uh, the year Gary Woodland, uh, won, uh, Kepka finished second Woodland won uh, when this was the U S open setup. So, uh, some familiarity, some comfort with this course and, uh, just feels like a guy who had a pretty off year last year, uh, heated up at the, at the end of, of the year. And, uh, got it going last week. And, you know, it's weird. Everybody's talking about kind of Jason day and Rose as these guys that are uh, older hats that have been kind of making these comebacks for some reason. Uh, I'm just liking Rose a little bit more this week. I think it was probably because the iron play was a little more consistent and, and uh, he seems to have just kind of figured it out and, and is a good fit for the course in my mind. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, somehow this is, is just his third appearance at Pebble beach and uh Actually, there's an interesting thing about who a lot of people who's who are not playing this week that I hope you want to talk about a little later. But um, it's, you know, Justin Rose began the pandemic era, if you want to call it, on such a weird note with the end of his Hanma deal. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, he won. Uh, he won with the new Hanma clubs immediately at Tory, And then since then, I think that's his last win, right? You know, he hasn't won since then. He left Hanma and he's just been, you know, trying. I think he had a, he had a good finish in the U.S. Open at Pebble, I think. Yeah, he finished third. That's that. what I was saying. He finished he, third, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, he, did, he finished third. Um, but that was the year he won as well. So, you know, the last couple of years, it's been a struggle. It was really refreshing to see him again, though. Yeah. Definitely. And he's, he's an easy guy to root for. And, uh, I'm, I'm feeling like his form coming into this is pretty good. Um, there are a lot of names just sort of in that mid range that I, that I really like as well. So I'll, I'll let you give a couple of names out and we'll, we'll wrap it up. I said, we would go about 20 and we'll, uh, we'll talk about the, 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 uh, other stuff later on for sure at a, at a point to be named later when football season's over. Um, <laughs> Some of these mid-round guys that I like, uh, Christian Bezaden, who is a name that I, I always gravitate to because his short game and his putting is extraordinary. Uh, so if he if he's having a decent iron striking week, he's a guy that I really like. Kevin Kisner, another guy who performs extraordinarily well on short courses and uh, really, really just uh, uh, is a great putter and, and just a great short course guy. Him and the other guy who has won here a couple of times, Brant Snedeker. I gave out Snedeker last week and he missed the cut. 
Um, I'm not going to think too much. I, 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 it's easy to say, Oh, I picked a guy who missed the cut. He's but, but Snedeker really was in good form. Uh, it played well in the, in the two tournaments prior, another short course guy who can really get hot with the putter who, who I expect to, to be able to be up there. So those were a couple of names from that list. And then there's another guy, um, the, and I'm, I need to ask a couple of your names too. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick, his numbers won't pop because he hasn't really played in America uh, in a very long time, but he has been incredibly successful playing in Europe. Uh, he is notoriously a great putter. He is pretty good around the greens iron play and off the, you know, off the tee are, are fine. Not, not, you know, he really excels at a short game, but he, he's just kind of a better version of a, some of these short course players plays pretty well in tough conditions. It doesn't look like we're going to necessarily have that, but he's a guy at 40 to one that really feels like he's getting overlooked given how well he's played um, overseas. And I'm just kind of interested to see uh, what he'll do um, coming forward. So those are some names I like. I'll give out a couple of the names that I'm betting on as well uh, of those, but yeah, just some names that you like that we haven't covered already. Well, I, I like Fitzpatrick um, well, as a wild card dark horse because he hasn't been playing much recently. So, you know, you never really know, but uh, yeah, he's incredible over in Europe. Um, and um, he uh, struggled the last time he was here in the third, in the fourth round, he um, played poorly in the fourth round and, uh, but was tied for 20th going into the final round there. So, you know, probably wants a little bit of payback. I've actually, uh, I saw him when he was young, uh, when he was 16, actually in uh, South Carolina one time playing in a tournament there. Um, one thing about Snedeker is that aside from Mickelson, nobody has won this tournament a second time since Snedeker in 2014. So it's an, I kind of want to steer away from him okay. just a little bit because of that. Mickelson is Mickelson. So, mm -hmm. you know, throw him, but you know, there's in the last 10 years, you know, the only, the, or in the last 12 years, the only multiple champion, multiple time champions are Dustin, Snedeker, and Phil. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of interesting about, you know, actually, no, it's it's been 13 years since Dustin Johnson one year, which is actually kind of crazy to think about. Um, I think you've named all the guys on my list. We oh, didn't no. talk bad, about Jason bad podcasting if we're all on the same page. Jason Day, somebody we, that you like this week, though? Uh, Jason Day is somebody I very much like this week because it's Poe Greens. You know, he's had success at Farmers, you know, hasn't really, uh, hasn't won in, um, at, at Pebble, but he's got 10 top 15s. Uh, and I think in 12 for 12 in uh, cuts made. So certainly a solid guy to, uh, it would certainly at the worst, bet on him for top 20. What's what are his odds for top 20? Real you know, quick? when I, when I put these together, the, the fan build only had uh, the, the winning odds. Um, but I can tell you, I'm going to be doing sort of a, my own type of each way on, on all these guys that, yeah, that I he's named top, to he's, finish top he's 20. Even up, he's even up for, um, for uh, top 20 and plus 220 for top 10. So, mm. you know, that's a guy, that's a guy I'd, I'd, I'd easily throw, you know, money yeah. on for top 10. Two, plus 220. So give me your full list. Cause I, you, you agreed. I could see you agreeing with me. Well, on a couple one, of names, well, yeah. one guy we didn't talk about and it's kind of funny cause I, he's the best ranked player in the field, but it's Cantlay, you know, just picking off right where he left off last year. 
Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, top of the power rankings and everything. Um, and he finished tied for third last year. You know, it, it, it's probably podcasting malpractice to not bring him up. Uh, if, if people have been listening, they know I've been steering clear of Rom just because the the odds uh, are typically just so short that it's it's tough for me to get uh, super enthusiastic about betting him. But when you look at what this guy has done in the last couple of tournaments, I believe he is. Uh, so he's plus seven fifty. Um, I, I, he's just been a star and he's a California guy, uh, has won in California, plays well in California, uh, is, is a, a striker of, of elite proportions. So, you know, uh, yeah, we, we should have uh, mentioned him as the favorite. He's plus seven fifty. uh, Berger is another guy who's getting a lot of, of love as well. Played relatively well last week. Didn't get a lot of air time, but finished, uh, I believe he was a top 10 finish. Some chatter about Berger grabbing his back a couple of times and wondering if something's okay, if everything's okay there. But he he powered through and and had a pretty good uh, Sunday as well. So uh, those are the two guys at the top of the odds boards that I, I understand the the case for be to be made based on uh, ball striking, greens and regulation, the ability to putt. Those guys are are the best players in the world, and they and they do it. So. Um, any long shots that you've picked out that you, that you like, uh, just out of curiosity, I, I have been, uh, banging the Hayden Buckley drum, uh, here and on this podcast, um, he is in the last 20 rounds, the top green and regulation guy, number one in the field. So, uh, if, if his ball striking is, is that good, he's getting on the green and rolling the rock. Uh, he's a guy. And again, I haven't, I haven't been able to look up his top 20, top 30, uh, top 40 odds, but there's going to be plus odds. And I just still think there's value there for a guy who, who, um, is a really good ball striker. So, uh, he's a name at 121 that I, that I really like. Yeah. Any, any other names, and then we'll give a couple of our, our best bets, uh, kind of favorites, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have his odds here, but, um, Michael Thompson is uh, a guy. He's got three top 15s already this year. He's only missed one cut. Of course, that was the one event at the Amex the or where I bet yep. him I bet him to finish top 20. We actually, in Oregon, we just got DraftKings. Um, we had an app, a, betting, a gambling app uh, run by the Oregon Lottery, and it was absolutely atrocious, and they finally gave up and uh, gave it to DraftKings. So I've just gotten back into the gambling world that week, and I decided to put, uh, you know, 20 bucks on Michael Thompson at, like, plus 300 to uh, get top 20. Of course, he misses the cut. And then, of course, last week he finishes tied for 11th. So a little bit of, you know, a little bit of an up and down, you know, but exactly as you were saying earlier about, uh, was it Seneker who who missed the cut last week? Yes. Or no? Yeah, Seneca missed the cut last week. You know, it's golf, so you have good weeks and bad weeks. It's, you know, I have no shame in betting against or betting on somebody who missed the cut last week. Absolutely. All right, well, give me a couple of your best bets and, and ways that you think you're going to be going, and then we'll wrap it up here. Um, I'm probably putting money on Cantley to win. Uh, that's, a you know, I'm not a, big, I'm not a big money guy on wins. I like to do top 20s. Uh, but I'm probably, you know, top 20s, top 10s, um, probably putting money on Cantley. I don't know what the odds are. I have plus 600 here. I'll have to look at what, what it is on DraftKings. Um, but that's probably the only guy I feel comfortable putting money on the win. He, you know, he's by his standards in the last couple of months, he's due for a win. 
So I, I don't think he's won since the tour championship, but he's been playing really well. So I like him. Uh, and I like day for a, a top 10 for sure. Awesome. Um, yeah. Of the names that I gave out, uh, Tringali, McNeely, Rose, and Buckley are the, are the names, uh, that I am just sort of taking a dart on I, again. And I, I, I should have given this disclaimer earlier, you know, just so many variables outside of, um, just guys playing a tournament that, that makes this a little tougher to handicap. So I am not going to be going nuts with bets. Uh, you know, next week we will have the Phoenix waste management open another Wednesday through, uh, Saturday tournament. And, and we'll, we'll have them on the same course for four days and some sticky course history there as well. So I, uh, next week we'll start to really kind of feel more comfortable about giving out more bets, but yeah, Tringali McNeely Rose and Buckley, uh, are the, are the, the guys that I'll be betting the win a little bit, probably betting some top twenties and top thirties on them as well, uh, with the host hopes of, uh, of cashing in there. And then one final thing that I want to ask you about, and we will wrap this mm. up Jordan Spieth to miss the cut. I was just going to say, we haven't talked about Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth to <laughs> miss the cut is plus two twenty. for a guy who has an incredible course history at pebble for a guy who's playing in this tournament, because presumably he, you know, he's an at and guy and, and he, you know, probably has to not has to, but whatever, you know, he's, he's Jordan Spieth. He could probably do whatever he wants. Um, for a, for a guy who's not playing very well right now, who has to play in this pro-am on different courses, not necessarily, you know, four rounds at pebble, like he might be used to, I will be betting Spieth to miss the cut at plus two twenty. love Spieth. Love it when he's good. Bless him. Uh, but at that number, I just I see a world where he just still hasn't quite gotten it together and and is is packing his bags on Friday. Good idea, bad idea. How do you think about it? He's never missed the cut of Pebble. Oh, there you go. Uh, even, it's the ultimate even, course form. It's the ultimate course history versus current form battle. Uh, so you're, I'm, I'm stoking my, I'm, I'm placing my stake in current form, and you're, you're a course history guy. You know, for the for the first half of last year, he was arguably the best player in the world uh, until John Rahm went on a tear, and then until Patrick Cantley went on a tear. Uh, I, I, I don't see him missing the cut at Pebble Beach. You know, he's only finished outside the top twenty-five once, actually. Now, as I'm looking there, but I was I was just gonna say we haven't talked about Jordan Spieth, and you know, he's like become this ultimate. You know, will he? Won't he? Guy, you know. Yeah. Jekyll and Hyde, you know, which, which Jordan, is it going to be the Jordan that's crazy and talks to himself, or is it going to be the Jordan that's crazy and, you know, holding shots from the middle of the trees, you know, like Phil used to do. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. uh, I'm pulling for him. uh, He's such a great asset to the game. Yeah. And he's a new dad. Exactly. Exactly. So lots going on with him. So awesome. Jack Hirsch. We'll do this again soon. Thanks for hopping on. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll call it a day there. Everybody, thanks for listening to T's and TD's. Uh, enjoy the golf this weekend. And, and the, uh, if you're watching the Pro Bowl, uh, have at it. Have a blast. Why are you watching the Pro Bowl? You know, Josh Allen chose, <laughs> Josh Allen chose the Pro-Am instead of the Pro Bowl. So um, 
uh, we'll see how it all shakes out with them and uh, a happy golf weekend. And uh, we'll, we'll have uh, Aaron and Jim on next week uh, to do our Super Bowl preview. And we will, uh, we will also get people ready. This is a bit next week's a big week as we get ready for the Phoenix waste management open, uh, as well. So thanks for listening to everybody to T's and TDs. Good luck this weekend. Don't go too nuts. Cause it's uh, a wonky tournament and, uh, be well. <laughs>